spontaneous or planner? Oh, romantically spontaneous, really a planner. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Joyful Drinker, a podcast for anyone that drinks that wants to drink a little less. I'm your host, Ellie Webb, and I believe that if we all drank a little less each week, we'd all feel a whole lot better. Through honest conversations and real-life stories, I'm on a mission to uncover the benefits of taking a few more alcohol-free days each week. By sharing my guests' own perspectives on balance and moderation, I hope we can all take away some inspiration and learn from the powerful habits they picked up along the way. If you're curious about the benefits that balanced drinking can bring to your week, then pour yourself a glass of something tasty and let's meet today's guest. So on today's podcast, I am joined by the multi-talented Amanda Thompson, who is founder and CEO of Thompson's Got Naughty, the alcohol-free alternative to champagne and fine wine, which is stocked in Waitrose. Amanda, like myself, runs a successful business in the alcohol-free drink space and is helping to reshape drinking culture norms as we currently know them. Before launching Thompson & Scott, Amanda was a broadcaster for the BBC. So Amanda, I feel like given that we both run alcohol-free drinks businesses and we know each other, we've known each other for a little while, I need to start here. Plus, of course, my podcast is called The Joyful Drinker. Now, I know why I started my drinks business, Kalenio, but what prompted you to start yours? Well, really, I was a champagne girl. That was sort of my buzz. And I was aware that whichever way I cut it, it wasn't healthy. And so the challenge I set myself really was, could I create that placebo effect, that buzz, bring the party without the alcohol? And for me, champagne was synonymous with bringing the party. Mm. So that was the challenge I quite literally set myself. Could I do that with alcohol free? Yeah. What's your relationship with alcohol personally like now? Fast forward however many years. I drink from- less now. I, I, I suppose I'm living that, you know, drink better sort of dream. I think that's for a number of reasons, not least having your own brand. Also, my husband actually gave up alcohol, which was um, a nice PR move for Naughty as well. So, so I'm less... Did you force him to or was that of his <laughs> <No>. own? <laughs> but quite useful timing. I find it's a social thing for me drinking. And so once I've replaced the ritual with my alcohol free or or yours or or any other that's good then that same kind of effect is created and i'm interested to know why do you think so many struggle to find that balanced relationship with alcohol and drinking in general i think the ritual is really key to this and i think if you can create a new ritual with my brand yours or whichever favorite alcohol free brand you find then that becomes much easier but I think it's that concept in so many people's minds particularly Brits I mean we we sell around the world but I think the Brits it's in our DNA to link stress and therefore in our minds relaxation Mm. with alcohol well of course if we break that down we all know that ultimately the relaxation bit is very short-lived and the anxiety and and all kinds of other things can come afterwards if you're going for more than one glass which which most people do so I think it's finding those little switches where you can replace the ritual 
and that's when it becomes easier. But that I think is the hardest bit to to agree to opens one's mind because I mean, you know you've heard it all. Is that often it's the doors closed, the alcohol free. What's the point? So you think the first step is opening one's mind to say, "I'll taste it." Oh my god, it's bloody good. You know, so it's it's getting over that that issue, the liquid on lips, then it's starting to analyse where you can replace the ritual and recreate it almost. Yeah. And I wonder actually, because people always find it very interesting that the alcohol-free industry really has started in the home and people are always quite surprised about that. But now hearing what you you've just said I wonder whether that's because there's no judgment at home in your own home you feel safe you're in a safe space so I wonder whether that's why it's sort of developed in the home and now it's kind of creeping into the bar I think industry. that's a really good point I guess no one's there apart from it depends who you live with but <laughs> to call you boring right because that's the classic British thing oh my god Ellie you're not drinking Amanda why aren't you drinking oh it's so boring and of course it's about usually people then almost transposing you not drinking onto their own analysis of themselves and therefore you know it becomes this strange moment doesn't it where panic sets in for people if they're not drinking oh god maybe I shouldn't be drinking you know and it becomes this almost sort of (laughs) fear that spreads but so your point about the non-judgment I think is is probably very pertinent in your role um, as the the leader of an alcohol-free company, what have been the clear benefits to moderation? I think clarity of thought is one for sure. And I think mornings, I think anyone who has more than one drink and wakes up, whatever your age, I think it's, I mean, you when you're really young, you get away with a lot more. Um, but I think anyone running a business, even if you're a young person running a business, you wake up with that different energy and with clarity of thought. And, and, and of course, without any anxiety, if you know that that, that phrase, when, when you've had too, too many the night before. And so I think that in itself can become quite addictive and particularly if you're looking to bring any sort of exercise into your life because you're ready to go in the morning in a way that you wouldn't normally be you'd normally be much more sluggish we can't get away from that fact can we if we've had a few drinks the night before it's interesting you mentioned that word anxiety I've talked about that before publicly but I'm hearing that a lot more from the younger generation I mean you know not drinking and drinking less man's a whole kind of range of, of demographics and ages particularly the younger generation are saying a lot more the reason that they're stopping drinking is for this reason around anxiety and the fact that it does amplify the anxiety you feel the next day and sometimes it's just not worth it now running a business as I'm sure we both know can be hugely stressful at times and some people use alcohol as a bit of a coping mechanism what do you put in place week to week to help you deal with some of those business pressures well exercise is my buzz that's the only thing really that I find clears my head and that's for me a combination of dynamic yoga and often something a bit more physical like weights or boxing so Mm. I I find if I don't exercise I'm a bit like one of those sort of um, overexcited sort of puppies who I've always got a lot of energy and if I don't sort of use it in that way then I find it, it does create 
too much tension in my head and that's yeah. I suppose having that overactive brain that a lot of us in the startup world do I suppose so for yeah. me that's what dissipates it and calms me do you work out every day or is is this a daily routine for I you do manage daily I always want to be one of those people I read about who, who <laughs> is brilliant every morning and doing their <laughs> rituals I can't pretend to I romanticize that but I'm sadly not that person um so no I just really try and build it in wherever possible so yeah. I think if I aim for four times a week at least if it ends up being two to three or you know I mean yeah. that that's I, I think it's about what's good enough isn't it exactly and I think I think that's exactly right I think sometimes people set themselves these big lofty goals I'm going to work out six to seven times a week and actually when you don't manage it it can be hugely demotivating so actually it's better setting yourself something a bit more manageable now you actually started your business with low sugar wines uh, a few years back and you used to call your products skinny prosecco skinny champagne i hear it was popular with celebrities like jamie oliver joe wicks amelia fox but that in fact you were threatened with court action because of <laughs> using the word skinny is that right we had a, we had quite a drama so i mean happened? it was interesting i used it provocatively to talk about sugar in wine um in the same way you talk about skinny jeans and a skinny cappuccino mm. um and i was really the first person i think in the media globally to talk about sugar being added to wine but it's really interesting but even in 2022 uh ingredients aren't on the label in wine and you say that to most people and they kind of go oh god but it's just like grapes that are fermented and you kind of go well no actually it's not it's a lot of other things so I was quite early on the transparency in wine sort of um push and part of it for me was getting that word out there it became controversial um because a lot of brands started to use it in a way that wasn't the way I'd intended and then there was an added controversy with EU regulations pre-Brexit about whether I was trying to make a health claim with alcohol but actually despite all the dramas um it did give me quite a platform to talk about sugar and labeling in wine and it also gave me a beautiful springboard when I transitioned into alcohol free which mm. was becoming my bigger goal so um yeah it was an interesting journey but it proved to me I could create brands yeah so I guess that was my rehearsal brand and actually we had a lot of success with our Prosecco and our champagne but I I really was driven to, to move towards alcohol free and it feels like not touching on the experience too much but I imagine that was quite a stressful experience or, or, or was it <laughs> absolutely I mean we had to decide whether to go all the way to the high court and actually because I suppose like a lot of entrepreneurs you're always on to your next thing because we were quite I was quite far ahead with what I was planning to do next we really just did what they classic you know, classic term in startups a pivot you know often it's yeah. a crashing u-turn but we um we brought about naughty much faster than we would have done because that development was very problematic so it's really hard to make good alcohol-free wine and actually the timing was fortuitous because we had just launched naughty pre-pandemic so you know you, you look back don't you on on things and go well that all worked out fine but going back to your point yeah god yeah i mean it, it cost a lot of money and was hugely stressful but i think um 
you know, I haven't done an MBA, but I think you do one on acid when you're an entrepreneur. So, I mean, you, you learn so much from all the dramas and all the negativity. It's like I say to my son, you know, you're not going to learn when you win as a sports team. You learn when you lose, actually. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the truth, however painful it is. Yeah, I feel there's something innate in entrepreneurs, actually, which allows us to forget some of the uh, the quite painful experiences because otherwise, why the hell would we go through it again? And you've moved on to the next thing, haven't you? Yeah. I think we're so far ahead that by then you almost reframe the story, like you say. Yeah. You say, wasn't that bad? Yes, it was. <laughs> now, we don't need to get into it too much, but as it stands, alcoholic drinks aren't required to state the number of calories and sugar content in their drinks. But we both know it's a lot. Recent uh, legislative changes mean that bars and restaurants are now required to state things like calories on their meals and menus. Do you think the same will eventually happen? Yeah, absolutely. Drinks? It's coming this way. And, and I've been campaigning right since the beginning of my brand for transparency and labelling, like I said. And I think it's just such a no-brainer in, in drinks and so important in alcohol particularly um, because I think there's so many different potential allergens and, and chemicals that people don't want to tell you about and it's like why can you buy a five pound bottle of wine in the UK um, despite the duty and the shipping that's just going through the roof right now and it's because basically nothing goes to the liquid and the way to make really cheap I suppose wine is my speciality rather than other drinks but the way to make really cheap wine is to just chuck in a ton of really cheap sugar and a lot of chemicals. So it's pretty shocking, really, I think, that when we're analysing every single microcosm of, of a drug we're taking, a legal drug or, or a foodstuff, and yet we're allowed with wine to chuck all kinds of things in. And I think there needs to be a reframing of price point as well. And that's why I, Naughty launched with organic grapes. And, you know, organic's not cheap, but it means you're not putting all those nasty pesticides in. So I think there has to be a bit of a reframing of people understanding that if they do want to drink something good, they have to pay the right price for it, actually, and particularly now with inflation where it is. But yeah, unfortunately, you know, you don't have to go much lower than £10 in the wine industry to get very little going to the liquid and, and most of that going to shipping logistics, branding glass, labels. When you think, well, you're not actually paying for the liquid, that's kind of dark. A lot of this, it's so much of this is about education and like you say, transparency and it feels like very slowly we're moving towards that but you know changes like the one I just mentioned mean that things are moving forward in the right direction on this podcast we talk a lot about joy you know with my own brand Kalenio what I've kind of driven for uh, for most of my business career is actually bringing more joy to, to not drinking because like you so rightly said Amanda a lot of people will call you boring or feel as though you can't have fun if if you're going out and you perhaps don't want to drink alcohol so on this pod podcast for that reason we talk a lot about joy and finding the joy each week small or big I'd love to ask you what brings you joy each week what brings me joy it could be a few week. things oh god now I'm feeling small. like I don't have enough joy in my life <laughs> now I'm feeling paranoid I suppose if I get a chance to laugh laughter is really important to me and I think I agree we've not all had enough of that uh, and so I like being around funny people my son's very funny my husband uh, luckily is also very funny laugh Laughter is so important. I'm now thinking perhaps I don't have enough of it, so that's adding to my to-do list right now. <laughs> Add more laughter into exactly. my life. <laughs> now I'm feeling like I crave that. I mean, I've been lucky enough to have the occasional night out recently still 
tends to be linked to business because you know what we're like but isn't it great just to be able to get out again in the real world see people you know anything in real life I think is is so much more exciting than a screen I know I know screens work for introverts who don't like to go out much but I get a buzz off inspirational people and mm. I think um that was very lacking wasn't it for too long travel really travel's my joy so I've just yeah. got back from Portugal so that was fabulous um and and I did did miss travel although now of course I'm feeling the guilt of offsetting carbon footprint and recognizing I shouldn't fly so much so <laughs> there's so many things in the world aren't there the yin and the yang that we're all trying yeah. to balance in a complicated fashion it is tricky it is tricky but I, I to completely understand what you mean in terms of that in-person piece it feels like we're living life in full color again and actually we can see people in, in real life again which is great finally my wild card question which is different for every guest by the way and i might already have heard the answer to this but i'll, I'll ask it anyway if you could change one single thing about the drinks industry what would it be well I'd, I'd, I'd list a few so now I've got to pick a top one I don't think I, I don't think I've been asked that before actually Ellie well I think we definitely need more, more equality and I'm delighted that in alcohol free there's a lot more women in the conventional wine business at the higher levels I, I was mostly just dealing with men so definitely equality I would like to see a lot more diversity of color I mean I recently I had to really struggle to find any black sommeliers in the wine business not just in the UK but globally which I thought really? was pretty shocking because I think wine is still seen unfortunately as a little bit elitist yeah and we need to break down that barrier I've, i'm listing more than one aren't i so i guess equality really is yeah is the key thing that that it's not shifting fast enough really in our industry but i think the alcohol free world we're doing a, a better job at that i think although i still see panels every day where they're not inviting women onto them and I keep saying to all my brilliant male allies you've got to say no thank you to those panels we need the brilliant men to say actually unless you're having a diverse panel I'm not going to take part because yeah. we're not not shifting enough fast enough there it's, I just think yeah it's so important and actually I got invited to something recently and the guy that was was organizing it said please can you introduce me to some other female entrepreneurs because I'm I'm my target is 50 50 and I don't have that yet and I thought it was so brilliant yeah. that actually without being prompted because I would have prompted but without being prompted that people are yeah, working towards that but it, it doesn't always happen unfortunately and I guess us both being female entrepreneurs in in this industry see that more often than not excellent well thank you for for answering my wild card question mandarin and those are all my my questions thank you for being another brilliant guest on the joyful drinker it's been wonderful having well i you. really enjoyed it and i've just been desperately trying not to pick up my delicious drink and i'm looking forward go. to this tell me about cheese. this so you are drinking caleno light and zesty with tonic beautifully garnished with some pomegranate seeds and a pineapple leaf cheers, cheers. and i've got dark and spicy with ginger ale garnished with a pineapple wedge delicious You've been listening to The Joyful Drinker, hosted by me, Ellie Webb. There'll be a new episode released every fortnight, so make sure you hit that subscribe button to avoid missing out. Also, just a small reminder that ratings and reviews really help people discover great podcasts. So if you've got some kind words to share, they'd be very much appreciated. In the meantime, come and find me on socials. I'm at Kalenyo Ellie. I'd love to connect with you all and feedback on the podcast is always welcome.
See you next time for another episode of The Joyful Drinker. And remember, if we all drank a little less each week, we'd all feel a whole lot better.